Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Luca Nation, good good morning. Good morning. We have your favorite, favorite episode, your favorite segment here, the Sunday morning NFL preview. We're on to week five here, and it's been unbelievable. Oh, yeah. We're 29 and 12 through four weeks. We didn't start this on week one. Uh, we bring you strategies and tactics that even if you're betting daily fantasy or making sports card plays and not betting against the spread, you're still making money. And that's what we're going to continue for you here today. Cage, I know you're ready. You're uh, chopping at the bit to get going here so we can get this up earlier because uh, we want to give you guys time to listen. We want to make sure that what we provide you could action on. Cage, I have yeah. one really good play today. I'm really excited about. I like fading teams in this situation. Uh, so I, I've come prepared. We could even talk a little bit about the finals, you know? Is well, it listen, so how about this then? Up? Why don't you tell me tell me that play? Let's let's jump to that game first. Tell me tell me which one you want to play because I love getting you involved in this stuff. And I you know, listen, a lot of times I run away with these things and I, I chat with them and you know, I get messages and and people tell me, you know. They like the silky smooth sound of Andrew's voice that I should just be quiet and let Andrew talk every now and again. And that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm an airtime hog. I get these messages. It's mostly from, um, you know, very attractive women. Um, you know, they message me and they, they say I should shut up. I should leave the show. And they just want Andrew, just all Andrew. Um, so I do want to hear what your NFL pick is, man. I, I want, I, I don't want that to happen, Cage. I think we, uh, I think you're hilarious. I think you well, deserve most of the airtime. I like being a second fiddle to you. Well, uh, listen, you're a second fiddle to nobody. Nobody puts baby in the corner and you'd be baby in this scenario. <laughs> Francis, Francis Hausman. That's who you remind me of. So what's your play, man? Let's, we could talk about it. Cause I got to play on every game. So which one, which one's your fate? Real quick. What, what team? in the AFC South has been most disappointing this season? A team in the AFC South that has been the most disappointing, the Houston Texans. Oh, did I pick – sorry. Um, what division is this? How do you keep track of all of them? AFC – It's cold. I have a brain. NFC South. <laughs> NFC South. My apologies. NFC South. Why don't you just tell me the team? Why don't you – instead of asking questions, why don't you just tell me what you're thinking? Sure. Well, the Falcons have been incredibly – One team in the NFC South, right? So Atlanta has had the most miserable start to a season in the history of the NFL. So I'm sure we're going to go with them. So go ahead. Tell me about exactly the Falcons. Right. That's exactly right. And here <laughs> they are laying minus two, minus three some places. That to me is craziness. At the team that's overperforming, I think the Panthers are surprising some people. So my play today is the Panthers, money line. Against the weary Falcons, I think they go 0-5. I think they finally fired Dan Quinn. I think that team, and I've said this before, has given up on Dan Quinn. Uh, if you look at the losses that they've had, it's just embarrassing. And here come Carolina, who are playing with a little bit of swag, a little bit of belief. Uh, I don't think home and away is that important. And I think the Falcons are losing this one. And I wouldn't be surprised if they get blown out. I absolutely love the pick. I agree with it. Um, you know, Julio Jones is dealing with a hamstring injury. Calvin Ridley's dealing with a thigh injury. Those are two, um, you know, two big weapons for Matt Ryan, and they're both hampered. Um, McCaffrey's out for at least another week with his ankle injury. But it's funny because I remember going in. I picked this wrong um, at, between week two and week three on the Panthers. Um, and I've watched them 
play the last two weeks. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. I, I said it as a joke going into the week three picks that, you know, you can't go with the Panthers because their entire offense is Christian McCaffrey and they are injured. And mm-hmm. that there were some people making an argument that they're more balanced without him, which is just absurd to think when you could take a weapon away, you actually get better. But I did watch that team play. I watched them play against the Raiders and they look like crap. And then I watched them play the last two weeks. They look like an entirely different team because they, um, they turned the reins over to Teddy Bridgewater. And they do look better. They, they look like a better team. Um, so you're right, right? So whether it's a Julio Jones trade or a Dan Quinn firing, the Falcons have to hit the reset button here. Um, they've blown two huge second-half leads. But here's the problem. The team's yielding nearly 35 points a game. And Quinn was supposed to be a defensive-minded head coach, right? So – you know, Matt Ryan's not the greatest quarterback on earth, but he's, he's, he's really putting up some crazy stats for his career now. And he's in the last couple of years of his prime and, and basically being wasted. Um, you know, <clears throat> Carolina has a first-year head coach. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater was supposed to be what? Like a placeholder, you know, like a, a field general, they like to call him quarterback. But um, they've won two great games here now. And a 31-21 win over the Cardinals, right, in week four. Bridgewater was 26 of 37, 300 yards and change. Um, I'm, I agree. I think Carolina comes in here with a lot of momentum. I think Atlanta is reeling. Um, I think the coach has lost that clubhouse. And um, I like it. I, I also, um, you know, I think the uh, – I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The over-under is like 53 points, and I think it's going to come over as well. But yeah, I like the Panthers, and I, I like your money line pick. I think the Panthers are going to win that game. I don't, you know, I know it's only like a two point spread, uh, but the, I can't believe the Falcons are favored. So I'm with you on it. 100. percent I love your approval. You know that already. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, do. You got- I actually don't think it's going to be that high scoring, but the, the rest I agree with. So I'm going to give you a 31-27 final score prediction. Panthers 31, Falcons 27. I don't really give final score predictions. That's like a schwammy thing. Chris Berman used to do that, the schwam. Um, I'm, I'm really going my 14 Panthers. You think the Panthers are going to beat them by a bunch? Yeah, I think they're just playing better on both sides of the ball, and I don't think the Falcons are playing well on either side of the ball, and that usually plays itself out if there's no turnovers and things like that. I will also say, one thing I love about football, this is going to make me really nerdy, but I love teams, and I think this is why Belichick is also amazing, that are able to flip field position, right? A team that's able to pin you on a punt in your five-yard line is so important. I love that. I geek out when, when teams are able to punt and hold teams in, you know, the back 10-yard line, the back five-yard line. Uh, and I just think Atlanta's horrible when it comes to field position, too. They often give up the ball on the 40 or 45-yard line. Not great punting. So I think that plays itself out as well. So game number two, just so we can get into this and we can get these guys going, um, is the my Raiders uh, against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, mm. So if it wasn't a bad enough week for me already where the Yankees get knocked out of the playoffs. Uh, my, oh, my, I almost called the Oakland. My Las Vegas Raiders uh, get the, uh, the pleasure of playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is a fun game. Um, the Chiefs are favored by 12 points, right? Go ahead. What do you got? No, I think this is going to be a really good game. I'm excited for it. I don't think the spread is um, – I think the spread's a little bit too big for, for – It's a 12-point game, and I'm going to tell you why it's fun, right? Because the Raiders basically spent the offseason trying to copy the success of the Chiefs. You know, when you win, people try to copy you. They try to copy your method. You try to, they try to copy your team. And, um, you know, 
they tried to they tried to figure out like a Tyreek Hill wide receiver, you name it, deal, and they they drafted um, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, and Lynn Bowden Jr. Um, and uh, there's a chance none of them are on the field today against the Chiefs, which is just a pretty amazing thing because they traded Bowden, um, and Ruggs and Edwards are both dealing with injuries. Um, this is a game where. You know, they're trying to scare you away with that 12-point spread and say it's a division rival. The Raiders usually play them close, you name it. But you're dealing with two teams here that are not even in the same – I don't think they're playing the same sport. Um, the Raiders have looked horrible the last two weeks, and um, they're giving up like 33 points a game. Um, it's just bad. And, the, the, the I mean, we saw the Chiefs just, you know, handle the Ravens. That's the only team that was potentially on their level. Um, I think the Chiefs win this one easy. Um, they might win this game by, uh, you know, three touchdowns. You know, I'm going to go opposite. Final score out there. I'm going to go opposite. I don't, Please, think, go I don't think Las Vegas has – I don't think anyone's played a harder schedule than Las Vegas. They've had some really tough games, and they've showed up, man. Think about who they've played. They've played they play the Chiefs today. They played the Bills, Patriots, and Saints the last three weeks. And they, pan- they played the Panthers before – and I know we don't think much of the Panthers, but they're proving to be at least a, a solid, a worthy adversary. But the last three weeks, Saints, Patriots, and Bills, that's a tough matchup, man. So, and they're going into their bye week next week, which is, I don't know if, if that favors into anything, but I, I do think they're going to get this 11 and a half point spread. And I see a letdown game for the Chiefs, to be honest. I think the Chiefs cover 11 and a half easy. I think if I'm a first half better, you're probably going to get like a touchdown spread first half for the, for the Chiefs. I'd be able to find a six and a half because it's only an 11 and a half point spread. You have to be able to find a six and a half. And I, I think you slam that. I think it's going to be easy first half Chiefs. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't see it. I, I, like I said, final prediction, 38-17. Um, I know the Raiders. They're usually good when they're playing close. They're usually good when they are, you know, keeping the game close, have a chance to win in, in the fourth quarter. I just don't see this game. I think the Chiefs go out there and probably jump out to a 14 nothing lead really early. Um, you know, the ball bounces differently sometimes, right? And, and you know, if the Raiders catch a break in the beginning of the game, I can see it. Maybe them staying in there, you know, maybe uh, maybe an early turnover or something like that, and, and they make the game ugly and they're able to keep it close. Sure, it's a division game, but <clears throat> I just don't see that as the, as the, the likely outcome of the game. Um, I'd want to go with the Raiders because, you know, I like going with my heart, but it usually doesn't work out well for gamblers to go with your heart. Um, next one. Rams at the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> the, uh, I got the uh, the Rams favored here, right? Got the Rams favored. Um, but I, I, I got a six and a half. I don't know whether or not you got it, but um, – um, the, the, the Washington football team, they just benched uh, Haskins, right? They yep. got um, – remind me the name yep. of the guy they have. He's – actually, he's a – Client of Vayner Sports, the quarterback of the Washington team. Yeah. Kyle Allen, really so, accurate thrower, but he's not going to go out and win you the game. As I well. like him, and he. But here's the thing with Kyle Allen: while he's an accurate thrower, and you know he's a serviceable backup in the NFL, and he's a great guy to have as a client. Um, he's not going <laughs> to put up a bunch of points. And to beat the Rams, you got to score points. Um, you know, I think they went over 30 in two of the past three games, the Rams. And Washington has scored 30 points twice since week 11 of the 2017 season. So, um, not just the Washington team as currently constituted, but the Redskins of the two years prior, uh, 
they just don't put up that kind of points. And when you're playing against the Rams, you have to go in there and put up points. Um, I will I'm tell you, this though, again, this is going to be fun for Luka Nation. You guys better let us know. Because today, both of us aren't going to be right. It's one or the other, Luka Nation. I'm picking uh, the Washington football team to pull up an upset and win this game straight up. I think the defensive line is going to put pressure on Goff. I think Goff is terrible. And if he has any time, yeah, he could kind of make some passes, but he's going to have no time to throw today. So Chase Young is the, you know, the, the big new young stud of Washington. I, he is playing, um, but he is hampered by some injuries. So I don't know whether or not that um, pass rush is going to be there to um, harass the Rams quarterback, Mr. Goff, like you say. But, um, you know, look, they – Los Angeles didn't exactly, um, you know, look great against the Giants. So if you're going on that week four game and the Giants are, are pretty terrible, I can see where your, uh, you know, where your mindset is there. I mean, Washington and the Giants are they're a pretty similar team, and the Rams did not blow them away. But the, 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 the Washington team is just – I mean, they're cooked. I, I, had some, I had some positive thoughts about them after they took out the Eagles in the uh, season opener, but they've just looked bad for three straight weeks now, and I just expect that to continue. And I, I think the Rams are, are going to cover that six and a half. I think they're probably covered by a lot. Um, if I are giving a final score prediction, 31-14 Rams. Next up, Jaguars at the Texans. Because we're because – we're, because we're, I want to hear your I want to hear your, your your thoughts on this one because I know you were very outspoken about Bill O'Brien being basically the worst um, thing to ever happen to the NFL. So so talk to me. What do you think here? And um, you know I got this one at the you know the the Texans are favored by six here. So what do you what do you think? Bill O'Brien era starts right. <laughs> I think well, I mean, who's it? Uh, Romeo Cornell, right? Cornell is their interim coach. Uh, I the, the spread is really tough to play, right? Six points, like regardless of so after a coach is fired, you always see their letdown or a really big pickup. I think the team's going to be playing their best football because they know what's the excuse now, right? They got rid of the cancer, so called, in their locker room, and now they gotta up come up and perform, right? That's kind of going to be the vibe. But yep. six points is a lot versus the Jaguars. So how would I play this? I definitely think the Texans are going to win this game. I am excited and intrigued by that 54 and a half over under. I think that's a cool play, way to play this game is just to play the over on it. These two teams don't have much of a defense. Uh, they're going to be aggressive. They're going to be out to prove themselves. And usually that's going to mean either a lot of points or a lot of points off turnovers. Both are good for the over. So I'm with you. I like, I like it, but 55 points is close. Remember it is still a game between teams that know each other. Well, Last year, the Texans-Jaguars game was kind of almost like a coming-out party for um, Gardner Minshew. He kind of, you know, kept them close. And, um, you know, I think, I think that same thing's going to happen again. I, I really want to, again, with my heart, because you know how much I love Minshew Mania, I want to say he's going to keep them close. I want to say he's going to, you know, it will be within a field goal, you name it. But what's, uh, you know, what's, what's, what's sticking out to me here is the Jaguars are just not that good of a team. Um, I, I fully expect the Texans to win this game. It's gonna, the, the sixth spread is one of those where it's like, I think, wow, that's exactly where I would put it if I, if I were taking the spread. But, um, but here's my, my take on it, right? Deshaun Watson, he was talked about coming into the season and still sort of talked about as like a, 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 hair, 
a hair below like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, he was he was thought to be in that same category, right? I mean, like, and if not, then a real close second level quarterback to those guys of young, athletic, you know, can make every throw. And I really do believe that um, he's going to have a big, big, big day today, um, bolstered by the fact that um, Jacksonville has four sacks in the last four games total, not four in the last week, four total. Um, you know, they traded away, you know, anybody who was good on their defense. And um, I just don't think that there's any reason to see the Texans offense struggle at all here. They're relatively healthy. Um, you know, playing against a team like Jacksonville usually is, is a good way to heal what's wrong. And uh, you know, you know, the Bill O'Brien saga, it's going to look like, wow, look, they got rid of him, and boom, the team is firing in all cylinders now. But I, I think the Texans go out there, they may score 40 points today. Um, so I kind of, you know, you're over under. It's funny, it just it depends on how much the Jaguars are able to do. But, yeah, I think, I think this one here, the Texans cover this spread. Um, it, you know, it's a fun one, right? If you were doing your, your favorite teaser, right, you do like, you know, six point. I might, I might tease this one down, just, you know, Texans money line and, and over 48, you know. I think, I think that's a nice, easy way to play this one. Texans win it and some scoring. Um, but there's a fun one there, right? So, Arizona Cardinals at the New York Jets. Wow. Let's go. Let's go, Jets. Fuck you, Cardinals. Who's quarterbacking for the Jets today? Um, it might be either A.J. Vaynerchuk or Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, I, I think – I think they might be doing better if, 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 if Gary was quarterbacking. But, no, how about this name, Joe Flacco? Oh, the deep ball to Brett. Six foot Joe six, Flacco. chucking it down the field to Steve Smith. Yeah. So, um, do you know what team is the, the last team in points allowed in the league? Wait, say that again. That was, that was, a, that was, that was a brain smoothie. Say that? <laughs> what team ranked dead last in points scored? And <laughs> so the Jets are dead last in points scored. scored. Like seven points in the total of two yeah. games. Dead last in points scored and 31st in points allowed. It's not a good combination no. for an NFL team to be the worst in scoring and the second worst in points allowed. I mean, that's just not a good recipe for success um, in any sport, really. Um, in, case, in, case, in case we trust Cage. Uh, so 36 to 7, I think, was the final score for the Colts. But mm. if you want to do like addition by subtraction, right? Um, 16 of those 36 points, Sam Donald scored for Indianapolis. So, um, you know, maybe it's a closer game when you take Sam Donald out of the Jets' offense. I, I don't know. Um, they were a little bit better in week four to a Broncos team that um, would have a difficult time starting at most of the local high schools here. Um, you know, Joe Flacco is going to be the quarterback is what it looks like here. And yeah, I really nice. think that's enough time spent on the Jets. Let's talk about the Cardinals. Let's talk about Kyla Murray. Let's talk about this offense, right? Let's talk about a, a team that came down to earth after week two. Cards that came down to earth after week two, losing to Detroit Lions. I mean, you got there their MVP candidate, Kyler Murray there, second-year quarterback. You know, he loses in Detroit. And then Teddy Bridgewater outplayed him last week in, in Carolina. 
Um, just like the Jaguars' defense is what the Texans need to see today, oh, my goodness, if you're a Cardinals fan, today might be Christmas for you, right? So I think the spread on this one is, is six and a half, seven, seven and a half. I mean, uh, most, most lines have it at seven. I don't think it matters. I, I would bet the Cardinals that they were favored by 15. Um, my final score on this one is Cardinals 35, Jets 10. I think the Cardinals cover this in the first quarter and never look back. Uh, this was this one might be your your. I think the Cardinals were my stone cold lock of last week, and obviously they lost that one too. So I'm, I'm hesitant to do that. But yeah, I mean, if if somebody came and said you got to bet your uh, you got to bet your house today, this is the game. Cardinals gonna beat the Jets. Wow. I um for me the the under is the play, the pretty obvious play here. To be honest, 47 and a half points is a lot of points. I don't think the Cardinals' offense has given you that much to uh, – remember, this is the NFL. Scoring 35 points on a team, regardless how bad they are, is a lot of points. And I don't think that the Cardinals have inspired that much confidence, especially Kyler, that they could put up 35 points. But I do see this as like a 21-10 to 10 type of game. I definitely see it as a grinded out. Joe Flacco kind of controls the tempo of the game. But they just don't have enough weapons. Uh, I, I definitely see it. They have no weapons. Joe Flacco, the backup quarterback coming in today, might be considered the Jets' best weapon, which is just a really sad state of affairs. In, yeah, but they're, uh, they're just going to throw, like, dick and dick and dump and dump and all those, like, little – To who? Your passes to – To who? I mean, are, you, are you putting shoulder pads on today? You'd be his best weapon. So, I no, mean, I don't, I don't, so I don't professional. Care. Please don't forget that. Here's the deal. You ready? Um, I like your underplay, but I wouldn't be betting it because I could see the Cardinals scoring 50 points today. This is a team that has been embarrassed the last two weeks. I mean, I know there are people out there in the world who like to say Matthew Stafford should be going into the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, but, but the fact that, you know, the, the Lions um, took out Kyler in the way they did and then to lose to the Panthers without Christian McCaffrey, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, I mean – this is a team that's got to be licking their chops for a chance at the Jets to, to fix what's wrong, to go out there and, and basically, you know, move back to three and two, get back on track in their division, you know, show the high-powered offense or make it at least look like a high-powered offense when you're playing against the low-octane Jets. This is a game where, you know, the over under 46 and a half, 47, I mean, the Cardinals could get that themselves against the Jets. There's just, uh, I mean, if they if they wanted to, if they just wanted to put their foot down, they they could just, you know, I think they could score every time they touch the ball. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. It's not, you know, I like the under on it, but I wouldn't be betting it. Eagles at Steelers. It's a cool game, matchup of a uh, Pennsylvania matchup here. It is a fun one, right? It's always fun when you have two Pennsylvania teams going up against each other, right? And it's um. I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised that and the, the NFC East is so bad, um, which is why the Cowboys became kind of like an easy pick, even though the Cowboys are not as good as advertised. It's just that division is so bad. Um, I think it's the Cowboys to, to lose. But, but you, you made that, it loud and clear, but remember, we have that on audio. You said they're 10 and 6, yep. and they're going to go to the playoffs. Right now, they're in third place. They're 1 and 3. Let's just make that note. The Cowboys? Yes, the Cowboys, the Cowboys. I'll double down on it. Here we are, week five. They're one and three. I still think they go ten and six, and they and they win the division. And my Beagles are in first place. So just saying. Yeah. Listen, that'll change today. Your Beagles, the dogs that they are, you know, they're 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 they're, they're the start of that season. Their struggles have just been hideous. 
They tied the Bengals. They tied the Bengals. Wentz has thrown two picks in each of their games leading up to last night. He played decent. Uh, he played decent football. He, I mean, he played he played decent football against the Niners. Um, he made plays when he needed to make the plays, and they won. Right? They, you know, so they got a victory against the four. Now, who was quarterbacking the Forty Niners again? I don't even remember. I mean, was it was it? So I don't know somebody. But the Steelers are playing too good football for them. It doesn't matter what goes on. Wentz could have his best game. It's not going to make a difference. Um, it's weird because they had their week four game postponed, the Steelers. Um, but they're undefeated. I mean, they're a three and zero team, and Big Ben looks rejuvenated. Looks like he, you know, he 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 found Ponce de Leon last, uh, you know, last <laughs> season or something like that. He's got the fountain of youth going on here, and um, you know, I think the Steelers, who who are always a defense team, everybody steel curtain, everybody, you name it, um, they're a top five scoring. I mean, team. I mean, it's just it's crazy what we got going on here. I think they have fifteen sacks in the last three games. You know, when you put that kind of pressure on Carson Wentz, I don't know if the, the Thrive app, Luca Nation 50, if you haven't loaded up yet, they'll match you up to $50 on your first deposit. Luca That's Nation cool. 50, the Thrive Fantasy app. Download that thing. If, if you got some props on there on, like, over, under of Carson Wentz on his uh, touchdowns and interceptions, it's probably going to be, like, two. He's going to get that just with the interception. I can see Wentz throwing three interceptions today. Um <laughs> Dude, that Steelers defense is tough. Yeah, a lot of sacks. And you have some issues on the offensive line with the Eagles. So the spread on this game is a touchdown. Um, I think the Steelers cover it pretty easy. I think if uh, you give me a final score prediction here, I got a 27-14. I think the Steelers, I think the Steelers cover it. Um, I hope we don't get a garbage score from the Eagles at the end of the game to make it look better than it is. You know, that could happen. But but this one here, I mean, if we're doing, uh, you know, what do you got? I got a, I got a six and a half. I call it a touchdown spread, but I got six and a half Steelers, and I got the Steelers covering that pretty easy. I got that too. Let's keep moving. So on. Bengals at mm-hmm. Ravens. The Bengals at Ravens. This is a fun one because I mean I'm confident in the Chiefs blowing the Raiders out, um, but I got I got a twelve and a half point spread here too. I got the the, the Bengals and the Ravens, and I kind of like, um, I kind of like. Joe Burrow building some momentum. You know what I mean? He didn't look spectacular. His team didn't look spectacular the first two weeks. They go out there week three, they get a tie. And they go out there last week, and they go and they get his first win. You know, it's nice to see that momentum. You, you hate to see that momentum blunted by having to go and play the Ravens <laughs> because the Ravens are damn good. Lamar Jackson's good. But Lamar Jackson missed practice this week. Yep. He's expected to play. But he missed practice this week. So that'll probably factor in, you know. I mean, if the Ravens get up, do they take him out? Do they, you know, is this is this a betters trap where the Bengals score late and, uh, you know, they wind up covering in the money there? Um, I was a little surprised that Baltimore opened up as a two-touchdown, um, you know, favorite here. I think they were like 14, and it's come down to like 13 because I probably the Lamar Jackson injury. But Burrow – Burrow looks like the real deal here, man. I mean, I almost wish that um, that they, that that football cards were a little bit more out there. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we're waiting for a prism release and mosaic, and is the only thing we have really, right? I'd be buying Joe Burrow cards. I don't care about the hype. He looks like the real deal, and I know it's tough to bet on a Bengals quarterback because the last Bengals quarterback that actually, um, you know, was hobby relevant. Well, we're still waiting for that to actually happen. 
So, um, you know, I mean, nobody's out there clamoring for Boomer Esiason cards, are they? So, but this guy, <laughs> he really does look like the real deal. I mean, you know, and Boomer, no offense. I know you listen to the podcast. I listen to your radio too. We have that deal. It's a reciprocity thing. I listen to you in the morning. You listen to me and that's fine. I'm not, I'm not crapping on you, man. You're a great quarterback and an MVP, but, uh, you know, nobody's out there falling over themselves to get your rookie card. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, Burrow's been great, man. He's completing almost two thirds of his passes. He's got nearly 1200 yards, seven touchdowns, just two picks. He threw for 300 yards in, in his, in his, in his, you know, win last week against the Jaguars. Um, he looks good. The Ravens are still one of the best teams in the league. Um, I think the Ravens are going to win this one, but you give me a two touchdowns and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick the Bengals here. I think Burrow. A few weeks ago, I brought you guys uh, the mosaic Burrow play, right? This, yep, this you did. Uh, I, I think he's been incredibly impressive. If you look at that offensive line and who that who they set him up with, who that roster is, I mean, he's outperformed even the wildest imaginations, in my opinion. Uh, and more than anything, he, he seems, and it's hard, right? When you have no one blocking you, it's hard because you get beat up and you've seen some massive hits on him. He's got that it factor, doesn't he, Cage? He does. And, and you know what I like the most about him? In the NFL, you get the shit knocked out of you, especially as a quarterback and especially as a rookie quarterback. And these guys are gunning for him. And they know they can reach him. They know they can hit him. People are hitting him late. People are hitting him out of bounds. Yeah. People are, he's getting sacked. But every single time, the kid bounces back up. And he, and he just goes on to the next play. He's, and that will, you know, you need some talent on your team. But you that, will, that will get the veterans on his team in his camp quicker. That will get his team playing for him. You know, he, he's not he's not flashing money signs out there. You know, he's not being that kind of flashy. Um, he's just – it's a great for a Cincinnati guy. It's like he, he packs his own lunch in the morning, he brings it to work, and he does his job. And that's the kind of person I want to go to war with. You know what I mean? That's, that's the kind of quarterback you got to have in the NFL. And, and, look, I hope he doesn't get hurt. You know, he can't keep taking these hits. But right now, he's getting hit, and he's getting right back up. And it's an impressive thing to watch. I was not sold on Burrow at all coming into this season. Not at all. I thought he was going to be the product of a very good college system. Um, I thought that, you know, he had never faced any adversity. And there is not, you know, there's, there are very few things in the world that will give you as much adversity as being the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> but he has handled that well. So I like it, and I like it enough where I'm going to ride the momentum. I'm going to ride the Joe Burrow keeps his team in this game, and I do not think the Ravens cover two touchdowns here. I love it. I, I, let me just touch on that one point. Though. Please. Sometimes we don't necessarily see other people's adversity because of how they handle it. There's something to think about. Not everyone shows their adversity, like a crybaby like Le, LeBron, LeBron James. Where anytime he faces adversity, you kind of see it. He's that public figure, and he almost like wants to go out and talk about it. Some people handle adversity in, in the gym, in the weight room, in practice, in reps, you know. And you don't always see it at the forefront. Uh, just something to keep in mind, you know. I like it. Well, so there we go for the one o'clock. So we got the uh, the Dolphins at the Forty ers <laughs> Yucky teams. Not a big fan of either of these. Garoppolo's back. And you know what's funny, Garoppolo, right? So Garoppolo is like a second-tier quarterback at best. All right. 
you know, I mean, I, I could, I can see it. So, so, um, what kind of spread you got on this one? Eight and a half. So you got the Niners eight and a half, right? So the, uh, the Niners came into last week's game against the Eagles and they had been on a nice little run. You know, they were, they had beaten their, their opponents prior to that 67 to 22. And even with the injuries they were dealing with, uh, you know, the thought was the Niners were going to be able to handle the Eagles team. Um, and we know how that worked out, right? Um, you know, Nick Mullins turned the ball over a bunch, and that was the reason for that. You're not going to have that. Um, uh, the Niners are 2-2. Two and two. And, you know, for them to stay relevant, for them to stay, you know, in that division, which, as we talked about, as bad as the Cardinals have looked for the last two weeks, they should win today, and they'll be 3-2. and two. Uh, You got Seattle. For the Niners to stay relevant, you know, as we head into the, the mid part of the season, this is a must-win game for them. Um, but the Dolphins are playing good football under, uh, under Brian Flores, right? They, they, you know, people forget this, right? Um, the, they blew out the Jaguars in week three, but the week before that, they played the undefeated Bills, and they actually they, 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 they almost beat them. You know, they, they, they played them pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Miami wins this game, but – the nine-point spread is a tough one. You know what I mean? This is it's an it's an interesting game here, right? But you know what the fun one on this one is? Um, you know the over/under is fifty points on this game. That's insane. How are they going to get the fifty? What are they 24, 20, 24, 27 Is what the prediction is? That's craziness. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like you know, even if the Niners score twenty-seven, the Dolphins seven. I mean, I'm only getting the low forties if it's a high-scoring game. I mean. I think the bet on this one, so it, it's close, right? So, so I'd like to pick the Dolphins um, and say that, that the Niners are not going to cover that nine-and-a-half-point spread. Um, I think the Niners win this game. Um, but I think the play here is that these teams don't get to 50 points. I think the play here is the under. I think they're both not very good teams. I could see an ugly game with a bunch of field goals. Um, you know, I don't. You know, Garoppolo is back, and he's better than Mullins, obviously. But, you know, he's – I'm sure they're not going to ask him to, you know, do too much, as, you know, as he comes back. It's a game they should win. Um, I think the under is the play. I, I mean, okay. I, what's up? I'm with you. Yeah, all right. So, I think the under is the play here. Um, I think also – I'll throw a second one on there. I mean, why not? You know, you're, you're here for the plays. Some people don't like to do unders. Um you know, I think this one here that Miami keeps it close enough. I don't, I don't see the, the the Niners winning this by double digits. I think if the Niners win it, it's a it's a single digit game. The Niners don't cover that spread. Um, next up is the Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Big game, really, if you think about it. I know it doesn't seem like it if you look at these two teams' records, but this NFC East is open. Any team could really win it. I know it sounds crazy. The Giants could even win this division. Right, so uh, so Danny Pennies is looking pretty terrible, and if you haven't sold his cards yet, you probably should. Um, you know, I can't really fault him. Recently, no. What? You would sell his cards? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I listen. I can't. I, I, it's an easy thing for me to say because I don't own any of his cards. I was never sold on him anyway. It's very difficult to invest in a quarterback that has no offense around him. You know, exactly. Joe Burrow was a questionable one just because he's on the Bengals. But, you know, he's got A.J. Green. You know, he's got some weapons out there to throw to. And I know that Dimes had Saquon Barkley, and you can't really fault him. 
But I mean, you know, if it wasn't for the Jets here in New York, the Giants would be the worst team. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, who are his weapons now? Right? I mean, Saquon goes down, torn ACL, and then we just talked about the Niners being a garbage team, or nah, I don't want to call them garbage, but not a good team. Um, and the Giants, come on now, right? They, they lost 36 to 9 to the Niners. Off the top of your head, we're four games into the season. How many points do you think the the Giants have scored all year? In what? In their four games? How many points the Giants scored? Total? I I don't know. 55. 47 points in four games. So I was close. I was a touchdown away. It doesn't surprise (laughs) me. They scored nine against the Niners. So pretty insane if you you think about it. That's that's not very good. That's not very good. Around 12 points a game. Uh, I want to say they're going to beat the Cowboys, but they just don't even have nearly enough. And the Cowboys have too many weapons. Cowboys, this is a game where the Cowboys could make five mistakes and still win it by double digits. So, um, Danny Dunn's may actually have a good game today for fantasy, even though he has no weapons. And the reason I say that is because um, (laughs) the Cowboys' defense is bad. And they need to find a way to do something there. They're averaging giving up almost 30 points a game. Uh, um, they're, they're, they're scoring 30 points a game, but their defense is, is even worse than that. And they gave up 50 points, right? 49 points to the Browns last week, right? I mean, it's horrible, right? So the Cowboys score, but their defense just gives up as many points as they score. And that's why they're having all these close games. That's not going to happen this week because even though the Giants may score some, the Giants are not going to be able to keep up with the Dallas offense. They just don't have it. Um, I like a little like um, a little drama that people don't even think about in these games. You know, if the Giants had any talent, I'd love the narrative of um, their offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, who many know was the former Cowboys coach, right? So he's now with the Giants. You know, you'd like to think maybe he would find a way to have the Giants offense exploit some weaknesses that he might know about in the, in the Cowboys, you know, but they, they just don't have the weapons to do it. I think you want my final score prediction on this one. I think the Cowboys blow them out 35-14. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an easy, easy one. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't even – normally with the Cowboys playing, I bet the over just because there's no defense. Um, and their offense is that good, but the over under is 55 points, and I don't know what the Giants bring to the table to help get them over that. And if you think about it, right, where the the uh, with the final score that I just gave you of 35-14, that does not get the over. So I, you know, normally Cowboys over is an easy way to play it, but I don't think I would do it this time. But the the bet here is the Cowboys covered nine, um, and I think they run away with this one. Colts at Browns. Good game. Colts at Browns. So, so what's fun about this, right? These were two teams that I called coming into the year as wait till October comes. And you're talking about these two teams as good teams, right? Um, and I'm right, right? So I got two, three, and one teams. You were you're right? spot on about both of them. You said Baker Mayfield is – people have overreacted and have sold his cards really cheap, and you should buy Baker Mayfield. And you've been talking about the Colts, you know, having a really smooth transition. Phillip Rivers knows this offense. Uh, you've, you've been spot on about both of these teams. So I'm excited to see how you predict this game. I think you're going to be really sharp with the cage. So I like both of the teams, all right? And I'm going to give you, you know, some pretty, pretty straightforward ones on this one. The Colts, one and a half 
and I got the over under 45. I think both of those come in. I think the over is going to come in on this one. I think both teams are going to score. I think the Colts do enough to win this game and cover that point and a half. Um, Rivers is good. Um, Rivers is very, very good. I didn't like their performance last week against the Bears. But what we've just seen with the Bears, you know, in Thursday night is they're not as bad <laughs> as people think. I mean, look, can you believe that we have a four and one team, right, where we're saying they're not as bad as people think? But um, it's crazy, right? And, and obviously, Indianapolis was the team that beat them. In that game, I think, you know, what you got to do is you got to give the Bears defense a little bit of credit, just like you saw, you got to give them credit keeping their team in the game against, you know, a great Tom Brady. But, I mean, Rivers Rivers didn't really do too much, right? Rivers, you know, I think he had less than 200 yards against him. I mean, he did what they needed to do, right? Um, the Colts defense is pretty good, right? They've only given up 29 points in the last three games. But the Browns, they got some momentum, right? You know, um, Baker Mayfield, he's a head case, you know, and, um, I like him. Uh, I think when he gets rolling and those guys are active, you know, it's weird, right? People need to get into the flow of things sometime to be active. I remember watching Randy Moss, uh, Michael Irvin, some of the best wide receivers from when I was a kid and, you know, their quarterbacks that give interviews, say, we got to get him involved early. I never understood that, you know? I guess maybe because I'm not an all-pro wide receiver. Get them involved early. You know, okay, throw them the ball if they're open. You know, if they're not open, don't throw them the ball. But, you know, Randy Moss was notorious for it, right? If he was not in the game early, he almost, like, you know, he almost took the rest of the game off. That's right. He's like, all right, well, you're not going to throw me the ball early. Oh, well, I'm not going to. Because but really what Go separates ahead. a good wide receiver is if, if a good wide receiver is able to block, man, that's game over. A good blocking wide receiver, you know how important that is in the run game. You know how that opens things up. When you don't get a wide receiver involved in the game, and it's not everyone, but some of the more diva-ish, maybe attention-seeking uh, wide receivers, they sort of shut down, right? They don't run the routes as hard. They don't block as hard. I think that that's where, where that comes yeah. in. Yeah. Well, listen, you got to keep them involved in the game. They got to stay in the game. And, and the Browns have two guys like that with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. And, and when the going's good, they're good. Right. It's a shame to say this, that that's the way it is. Right. Because you'd like to think professional athletes are going to go out there and give 100 percent all the time, no matter what's going on. That's just not reality. But when, they, when, you, when you got a team that's three and one. Right. And you got some momentum going and they're being involved in the offense and they're putting up their numbers and they're relevant and they're being talked about on SportsCenter top plays. They want to do more. Right. When there's a Browns team besides your truly here, your co-host, Andrew, um, not many people were picking the Browns to be three and one for the second time since 1995. But uh, I was. That's why we get paid the big bucks. That's why. That's people, right. That's why we make the big bucks, in. right? And come on, 49-38 Cowboys week four. Go Browns, right? Um, Cleveland is averaging. You ready for this? In the in its three game win streak here, 39.3 points per game. Now. I expect Baker Mayfield to keep that going. I expect them to have some offense. I just don't think that – the Colts defense is good. They're going to slow them down. They're not scoring 39 points today. But if, if you want my final score prediction on this one, I see Colts 30, Browns 20. I think the Colts cover that spread. I, I don't think it's really even that close when it comes down to the end of the game. I think the Colts are the better team here. Um, I think they're catching the, uh, the Browns um, – you know, at a time where betters who are smart on this stuff, the Browns are good. The Browns have a good offense. 
Um, but the Browns' offense has looked good against teams that don't have great defenses. Exactly right. The Colts, the Colts' defense is pretty good. <laughs> They're pretty damn good. Um, and I think that Rivers and the offense, every week they get a little bit more in sync and they get a little bit better. Go ahead. No, you're, you're, I was glad you went there with it because I pulled up the Browns' schedule. And mm-hmm. week one, they lost to the Ravens 38-6, but then they beat the Bengals 35-30. They beat the, the Washington football team 34-20, and then they beat the Cowboys last week 49-38. But just as you said, those are three really poor defensive teams that they just played. Yep. And the Colts have given up 29 points in the last three weeks combined. So it's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of a different defensive test today. I think, you know, for betters here, um, you know, Indianapolis beat the Bears, but they didn't do it impressively. So betters are not going, wow, Indy looks like the best team in the world, whereas Cleveland comes in, um, you know, off of a high beating the Cowboys and, um, you know, scoring a ton of points against them. So here's one where I think if, 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 if you don't have the Cardinals as your 1 o'clock lock of the day, you're so cold lock, this is it. I think Colts minus 1.5. I, I think, I think oh. this is a pretty straightforward one. Um, Cleveland has good running backs. Kareem Hunt's good. Chubb would have been very helpful in this game here. I mean, I was not betting in the beginning of the year when I liked Cleveland to go into Pittsburgh and, and steal a win. I was not betting on them not having Nick Chubb for that. That's going to really hurt in a game like that where – ball control and, um, you know, managing the clock would be a big deal. But we'll get to that game when it happens. But I think, you know, the, the loss of Nick Chubb is going to loom large in some of the games for Cleveland that they otherwise could have won. Um, but that does it for the one and the four o'clock games, right? We have some weird Dude. cancellations because of COVID and stuff. That's right. Did you realize today's game one of the MLB playoffs? I do. I did. And and what's funny is you would think that would be the National League um, – you Why know, wouldn't game. they start it tomorrow? Because they're, you know, they're just doing game on, game on, you name it. So I, I don't know. It, this schedule has been set for, for quite some time. And I think it's because, you know, they don't want the, the, the World Series running into December. And, um, and one but day. I don't care about baseball anymore because there's no Yankees. Pretty stupid. If you I don't care about baseball. Think about it this I don't care about baseball. There's no more Yankees. All right, fine. We'll, we'll cut it. But I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm the trash kidding. can, trash kidding. can mashers are playing tonight at 7:37. But that's the same time as the game six of the NBA Finals, and you have football going on. It's it's really interesting. Really interesting stuff. I don't. Baseball always makes these weird decisions that no logical human being would be like. That makes sense. But somehow they keep getting away with it. I, I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Baseball. Baseball silly. Some of the stuff they do it doesn't make sense. But there is de- look. There's a lot of allure to a lot of matchups, right? And baseball has to be happy that a, a under 500 team in the Astros is still in the playoffs. I would have loved to have seen the Yankees play the Astros, but you're not. You don't have as much of the rivalry there with the Rays playing them. Um, you know, if the Astros happen to get through and the Dodgers get through, talk about a World Series that'll have some headlines, right? We've got some juice to it with the Dodgers playing the Astros again. Um, I do not want that to happen because Astros fans are insufferable. People want to say Yankees fans are insufferable. I mean, we talked about this, and I, I, I don't begrudge the Astros or their fans anything. One of the biggest mistakes that I think – and you can't complain about this, right? You have to put the games in front of you and, and win the games that are put in front of you. The Yankees lost. They should – they you know, it was a close game. It went to a deciding game five, and they lost by one run. I get it. I understand. But – I don't understand why um, baseball didn't reseed in the playoffs. It's a little mm-hmm. bit weird. 
Uh, Tampa probably should have been playing the Astros, a lower seed. It's weird to have the Astros have what I consider an easier path to the championship than what the Yankees, who had a better record during the year. Just odd that they didn't, you know, receive. A lot of a lot of leagues don't receive. It's one of those things where I mean, it's not going to matter because obviously next year's playoffs are not going to be the way that these playoffs were. Um, but you know, it's it's just an interesting take, right? Um, you know, Astros fans want to say, yeah, we're here. We made it further than the Yankees did, and you know, we obviously, you know, shut up. We didn't cheat. Um, look at the path you had to get there. Um, you know, and let's see what you do here against the the Rays. Interesting stuff, right? It's a um, it's it's a it's another series, but it's a longer series, and I don't think there are any days off, right? So, the 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 Astros Rays play tonight, they play tomorrow, they play Tuesday, they play Wednesday, they play Thursday. I mean, everybody knows the days of the week, right? So, it is a seven game series played out in seven consecutive days. That's interesting for pitchers. It's interesting for how you set stuff up because, you know, like we talked about going into this, normally, you know, a seven-game series, your game one starter is going to go game one, game four, game seven if you need, but that's not happening now. Especially, you know, the Rays can go out there and start, you know, whoever they want, right? I mean, the way they pitch this, I, I think the Rays win this easy, that series, if we're really going to start about it. They're definitely going to win tonight. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those fun ones. I'm pretty sure they're favored in tonight's game. Um, Blake Snell is able to go out there and pitch because they didn't even use him. Cash did a great job of managing that team. And do you know who Framber Valdez is? No, Cage. Who is that? Please tell me. Framber Valdez. I'm glad you don't know him because he's starting for the Astros tonight in game one of the ALCS. What what are you telling me here? I'm telling you that the Rays are going to win. Because I don't even know who Framber Valdez is, but that's who the starting pitcher is for the Astros is. And there's the research you get you over here. You don't feel this is a little series of destiny that the the Astros Dodgers are destined to be meet, meeting up in the World Series. Uh, you don't think it has a little bit of that to it, or you're just no. talking about this game? No, I think there is no destiny, man. There is no destiny at all because if destiny was was you know was something that existed, then you would already be with Adriana Lima. And that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, destiny is what it is, I guess. Or, or maybe you're, you know, you're, you're a fan of somebody else. I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so I there's baseball. I love Latin girls. That's why I'm going to Mexico again, man. Uh, and I think Latin girls like me, you know. They, so, that's a good relationship. Do you want me to talk more about my personal life? Um, Not right now. So I'm not ready to talk it. more about your personal life. Let's We're not see. ready for it. I, I like to keep that stuff private. You know what I mean? Like I, I talk about sports, but I travel the world. I meet people. I don't think I need to bring up who I meet into my sports card podcast. Uh, if the ladies who I meet want to do that for me, they absolutely can. You know what? I think it's a great idea. I think in addition to doing our LeBron Jordan Mamba debate, which by the way, where are my Mamba guys? Come on. Am I, am I really going to have a GOAT basketball debate without anybody stepping up and repping Kobe? Come on. Somebody out there has got to want to defend Kobe. But after we do that one, we should have, you know, we should have like a, a lady friend of Andrew on. We should, you know, I mean, you're meeting all these crazy, you know, crazy women in your travels. By the way, in case you're not getting the picture here, Andrew is a world traveler. He goes wherever the wind takes him. 
sailboat to this island location, hops a flight to Miami Beach or to Hollywood. Doesn't make a difference. He's there. It's the guy, you know, he's living the life. He's living the life. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, Luca Nation aspired to some of those things themselves. And it didn't come overnight. So there were long nights. There were times where I couldn't pay my bills. Uh, why I come on and I'm so passionate about this show is I do want to teach and help and guide, really guide people into how it's worked for me. And then you can do it the way that you want. Uh, Listen, I'm, he's not bullshitting you guys. I mean, this guy is flipping card savers. So let's be, let's be honest here. He's selling card savers for you. You got any card savers left? You want, you want to see if anybody in Luca Nation needs card savers? Let's talk about that. Yep. Why I added card savers to the repertoire is I think we're all looking for different revenue streams, right? When you just rely yep. on buying, grading, and flipping, there's lulls in that. You don't know how, P- how long PSA takes. You don't know if your card's going to go up or down in value. There's speculation in that. I love selling adjacent products like card savers, top loaders, soft sleeves, et cetera, because that's just consistent cash flow. And you can do a lot with that. I, 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 I could give a whole lesson or a whole spiel on having multiple revenue streams. I'm a big believer in a cage. I like it. Yeah, Listen, and I am a believer in spending money. You know, that's it. Just spend it. Just but, spend but, it. Because it's not just cards. Yesterday, my sister and I, we started a business called Rose Gold. She sold a fishing pole we never used. She sold it for 60 bucks. Some guy on Facebook. You just said you sold a stripper pole you never used? What did you sell? Fishing pole. Five well, fishing pole. Listen, I'm sorry, man. The connection with I'm like stripper pole. And why is it never used? I'm not a big fisherman. My grandpa brought it as a gift. I was like, thank you. And uh, we're going to sell it. <laughs> I like it. Selling your stuff. We're going to talk about the NFL game, the Sunday Night Football one. If you want, we could talk about it. I mean, you know, we normally do a little recap stuff, but uh, it's an interesting game, right? The Sunday night game, Vikings at the Seahawks, right? You know, uh, your cousin's girls is meat on a piece of foil. He's a, he's a psychopath. Do you ever see that meme? No. Well, how do you, how do you grill a steak, right? You put it right on the griddle. That's right? true. Right grill. Yes, very not true. Kirk, not Kirk Cousins. He wants to keep the juices in it. He puts it on a piece of foil. Kirk Cousins. So uh, I got a six and a half point spread here and the Seahawks are going to cover that in the first half and never look back. Um, it could get real ugly really quick, despite the fact that Minnesota comes in here with a little bit of uh, momentum after getting their first win. They're in the bottom five in the NFL in scoring defense and Kirk Cousins. I want to say he's been dreadful through four weeks. Um, but I think that's being too nice. He's got six interceptions, which is the, total he had in the entire season last year um vikings are one and three and while they come in hungry and in must-win territory uh here against the seahawks it doesn't make a difference you got the mvp with 16 touchdowns and two picks in four games seattle's putting up almost 36 points a game um i think the vikings are game right i think the vikings score some points here and if you're asking for a prediction i'm gonna go something like 35-20, 35-21-ish, something like that in that range. But it's never really going to be close enough for the Seahawks to not cover that six-and-a-half point, basically, touchdown spread. So there's your, uh, there's your Sunday night spread. I love Russell Wilson. He gets no hobby love for a guy who is an MVP candidate every single year and already has won a Super Bowl. Um, <clears throat> you know, he's, uh, he, he's, he's one of those guys I'd, I'd put some, some money into. I have his Prism 2012 rookie. Um, 
I'm a little surprised at myself for not buying more of his cards. Uh, maybe I'll start picking up some more Russell Wilson because I think he, he's playing on another level this year. Um, you know, everybody just assumed this was Lamar Jackson and uh, and uh, Patrick Mahomes NFL to uh, you know to to lead. One of them was going to be the MVP. Russell Wilson is showing the youngsters how quarterback is played this year. Sixteen and two. It's pretty impressive, right? Sixteen touchdowns. Two interceptions. Did I lose you? I asked you in the beginning of the year. You said, I asked you, remember this question very vividly. I said, Russell Wilson, overrated, underrated, and you said appropriately rated. Would you want to have that back cage? Yep. No, 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 no. I think I think appropriately rated is still there. Um, I think his cards are underappreciated. I think from an NFL you know, quarterback standpoint, appropriately rated, only because we are lucky people to be fans today because I can name five quarterbacks who are in the same category as Russell Wilson, wow. right? So, yeah, he's in the MVP running, right? But Patrick Mahomes, really, right? he's already won an MVP. He hasn't done it for as long, but he's there. Aaron Rodgers, MVP, Super Bowl, right? So now you got Wilson, Mahomes, Rodgers, Drew Brees, MVP, Super Bowl. Tom Brady, MVP, Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson hasn't won his. I was wondering if you're going to throw him in there. I knew you were going to. Even if he's a tier below, right? You got. I already have five. You know, if you want to throw him in the tier below, that's fine. Um, You know, there are some people out there who like to talk about sports cars who think Matthew Stafford is a shoe into the Hall of Fame. You want to put him in there, and that's I'm just playing. But Matt Ryan, right? I mean, Matt Ryan. Yuck. You know, I mean, listen. Here's the deal. Wilson is better than those last couple of names. Um, and, but we're lucky in that we're playing, we're watching at the time of the quarterback and there are some hall of fame stud quarterbacks still playing right now. And Wilson is kind of right in the middle there, right? He's not breeze or Brady. He hasn't been around for 37 years. Aaron Rodgers. Um, he also is not, you know, 15 years old, like, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. He's kind of right in the middle of all those guys. So, you know, he's got still still has some years ahead of him, but he's already done enough with the you know, let's wrap with this. Year. Did you see okay. this quote by, by Aaron Rodgers? He said, you know, I laugh at it sometimes. Because down years for me are career years for most other guys. You hear that quote by Aaron Rodgers? No, but it makes sense. And we said Rodgers were going to be great. Well, who was it we talked with about uh, about Rodgers? Was the Wharf, right? And he said, "Look, when you know when when these are the kind of seasons that Rodgers comes in and has an MVP." And I bought right after that Wharf thing, the week after. You know, we got to give everybody a chance to do it. I bought a, a Rodgers rookie card, and it's gone up. Not a Chrome. I just bought regular tops. I think I paid three hundred and something dollars for it after the Wharf said to go ahead and buy one. Um, and I did, and that's the only Rogers card I have. I'm glad I bought it because I think it's like doubled already. Um, but you know, Rogers have an MVP year, but Rogers, <laughs> so Rogers suffers from like Mike Trout syndrome, right? Because Trout that that quote could be the exact same thing, right? The only difference is Rogers Rogers team wins, um, but the quote could be the same as Trout. Trout's down year are MVP years for everybody else. Trout had a down year this year, and he's going to finish in the top three or four for AL MVP voting. So it's the same kind of scenario, right? You know, he's, he's, uh, he falls victim to his own greatness, right? A down year for him is an MVP year for somebody else. You could give Rodgers the MVP every year if you wanted to, I think. Um, but, yeah, let's get this out there. Let's get the picks out there for these guys. Remember, if you're buying cards, tell them how 
to buy the Gemman Studio because I already did my Thrive app. I'll repeat it again. If you can do some fantasy plays, prop up with Thrive Fantasy app. And, uh, you know, Luca Nation 50 is our most recent code. As long as you put in $20, they'll match your deposit up to $50 uh, for new uh, customers. So if you haven't signed up, sign up on that. Um, I've done it. It's so easy. And it's a different way of playing Daily Fantasy. Now talk about Gemman Studios for us for a second, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up. Yeah, guys, I learned the hard way. Uh, submissions cost money, a lot of money, and they cut into your margins. You only want to be subbing cards that are going to make the cut, that are going to get you PSA 10s and 9s. And frankly, the best way to do that is with a magnifier and a light. GemMintPhotography.com offers that. And what we've done for you guys is put together a little bit of a bundle package to get you 10% off and free shipping. So Gemmin Studio, they have this package called the Trio. It includes a studio. It includes the tripod and includes the magnifier. All three is 60 bucks. That's two submissions, three submissions. Uh, and it's going to save you money. It's going to save you money on subbing cards that might have been PSA five, sixes, and sevens because you got that magnifier and that's super important. Cage has been using one of those since like the 70s, I believe. Uh, we've got a little studio action. So you can sell cards for 10, 15% higher. And it doesn't seem like a big deal, but you know, when there's, for example, 10 uh, hoops, Jason Tatum cards for sale on eBay and yours is the best looking photo, that one's going to sell. And that might be bought for buy it now where every other one might be offered, you know, $10 off, $5 off. So the photo matters, man. Uh, you know what I like the most about the photos? I like no. this. With eBay now, everybody's returning cards. Everybody expects they buy a raw card on eBay and it's going to be a Gemmin 10. It's going to be a BGS black label. Yep. So, I think you can cut down on the returns if you're showing the buyer what the card really looks like, right? You're showing good pictures, and that's what the gym and photo studio is able to do, right? It lights up. Um, you know, you're able to take a good picture, put it up on eBay, and, you know, if there happens to be an imperfection on the card, the buyer's going to know about it ahead of time. You got good pictures up there, and hopefully you're going to be, um, you're going to be, you know, doing good on that. Go ahead. Head to gemmintphotography.com, gemmintphotography.com. Add the trio, the magnifier, the studio, and the tripod to your cart. Choose code LUCANATION10 for 10% off and free shipping and get it all shipped to your house. I know Cage has one. He loves it. A few of our other Luca Nation members love it. Head to gemmintphotography.com and use code LUCANATION10. Love it. Love it. Guys, listen. Also, check in with us. You know, check in with us. We're going we're gonna to try to do a show later today. Check in with us on that uh, that Jordan Mamba LeBron. And who knows, you know, the final should be over by the time we do that. We're going to, you know, the LeBron, the LeBron advocate is going to either uh, be able to have a finals win or a finals loss under his belt with some momentum going in there. We'll see. If he, if he loses, and this is still a long shot, if this goes seven games and they lose in game seven, it might be anarchy. We might never <laughs> see Maverick Carter again. Clutch sports will fold. <laughs> The I promise school will no longer exist. Those kids are going to have to pay for their own college. <laughs> all right, Luke. And all jokes. All jokes. Because Cage is always worried we're going to get pushback. All jokes. We love everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we love you all. Talk to you. Enjoy football. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. 
And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.